social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. Listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It is Wednesday. It is March 2nd. And um, again, just to start off, uh, folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They are open right now. Delicious, fresh Zapalus. It's Ash Wednesday, by the way. No meat today. But they also have spinach pies, and they have different calzones and you can certainly stock up on some other things look for them on facebook and they also have i think it's going to be a big seller today the let's go brandon chocolate donuts ron's pastry gourmet right off of silver spring street 170 royal little drive in providence well folks last night without question um that was um well i don't have to tell you uh that was quite a memorable state of the union i don't think it was memorable for the reasons obviously that the the biden administration want to think and it was so lacking um i recognize a lot of people harping on the mistakes that he was making which there were a lot and i'll play some but i think what also aside from you know saying iranians instead of ukrainians and you know uh, vice president harris behind him almost like a stage mom who was like biting her lip and mouthing the words that he should have said. On top of that, uh, most people came out of this saying that he doesn't have the right focus. There should have been more of a focus on what's happening with Russia. Uh, he did some ad libs with the, you know, he's not going to know what hit him. And he he also, um, you know, just some of the things that, that President Biden was saying last night with the go get him and you know just the, there should have been more of a focus i believe in making the case of why it's important our role with nato why putin needs to be stopped he had a big audience watching i think he could have really used that to take down and fully explain um everything you know of of what happened and, and how it went and why we are there he almost glossed over it. It was as if, folks, they had the speech, and then because of Ukraine, they had to, like, add some things in. I want to play. This was uh, NBC's Chuck Todd afterwards. In terms of, you know, the real good versus evil struggle that is unfolding, you know, half a world away right now. Let me put it this way. In, in some ways, I, I, for the sake of the Ukrainians, I hope we don't say it didn't. You know, I hope we say, oh, it was about right, but I fear... This is going to feel like a speech that didn't age well. No, it did not. I mean, it was it was really, really lacking. 
Um, I want to go to this is Dana Perino on Fox News. About the independence. Here the independence. So I felt that tonight's speech was very much base focused and not about the independence. The independence and the moms are the ones that he's lost. So what mom is going to go to the store tomorrow and say, wow, I feel so much better. I think costs are really going to come down because he said lower costs 17 times in the speech. I don't think that that did anything for independence or suburban moms. I think it's a wash for them. Yeah, it- You know, it was actually even worse than I thought, and I didn't have high expectations. Let's go to Ted Cruz afterwards senator ted cruz on fox the most out of touch state of the, state union, of the union ever the 10th state of the union that i've been on the floor of the house of representatives to hear from the third different president and this was the most out of the touch state of the union speech that i have ever heard biden went through a litany of acknowledging some of the problems we face in this country but utterly denying any responsibility any culpability for it so he acknowledged galloping inflation but didn't say a word about the trillions in spending and trillions of debt he rammed through that caused that inflation. He acknowledged gas prices are skyrocketing, but didn't say a word about the war on domestic energy production that his administration led. He, he acknowledged the need to secure our southern border, but didn't say a word about the failure of his administration to enforce the laws leading to the highest rate of illegal immigration in 61 years. On Ukraine, he acknowledged Russia's invasion, but didn't say a word about the disastrous weakness from his administration, the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, or his decision to waive sanctions on Russia on Putin's Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is what directly led to this invasion. On every issue, he was like Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. I see nothing, I hear nothing. With him, that may be right, but but he denied any and all culpability. You know, the um, he also did not mention the servicemen that were lost in Afghanistan. Now, I, I don't agree with Senator Cruz as if I, and I'll say this right now, folks. Now, as, as you may or may not know, next week, you're going to be hearing me. I will be on the Ukraine in the Ukraine border. It's a, it's a rapidly fast developing situation. Uh, but I, I promise you, you'll get on the ground reporting from from, listen as much as we can someone asked me and i don't want to but you know are you going to be embedded with one of the troops well you know there are two people fighting right now the you the the people of ukraine and the russians well i'm certainly not embedding with the russian troops and the ukraine troops are basically you know standing in the city with rifles so the the embedding with the troops is people are thinking and and that's right but thinking like the iraq war when you saw people that were embedded with with um with the troops so but there's that that's not accurate um there's there's a great if you really want to know what led up to this um if you go to my facebook page frontline has this is they did this a while ago but a series of interviews this really has to do with putin it really has to do he is still the person that should be blamed and and i don't know why ted cruz senator cruz didn't mention that Listen, this has to try to act. Let me just be very clear about something, folks, to be to try to act as if when Biden said we're going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline, then that was the green light. But that that is completely inaccurate. He has been building towards this. This in in, in many ways, it, it does have to do with America because he hates America and he hates the West. This goes to the fall of the Soviet Union. Putin was out of his mind and felt that 
that Russia and the Soviet Union was humiliated. And then as it built through the years, when, when, when we went into Iraq, he was on guard. And he, you know, when he was raising, this is Putin now. Look at how the Americans, oh, they can invade any country they want. He suddenly felt maybe they're going to come towards me with the Arab. Remember the Arab Spring? He, he blamed the Americans for that, said we were part of the uprising with that. And then when we took out Gaddafi, that changed everything because then Putin felt that they're not going to end me that way. That's how they're going to try to end me. In 2014, the people of Ukraine rose up and threw out the, the Putin puppet. He blamed America for that. And he did meddle in the 2016 election. I'm not saying he altered the 2016 election. I'm not saying he flipped the election, but they certainly were meddling in it in different ways with, with disinformation campaigns. So he was building towards this. And as I have said, I mean, anyone, you can't talk about this without not talking about Putin, who he is. He's been in power for 22 years. He kills people that disagree with him. Now, in our country, what's the difference? Um, Bi President Biden is in killing President Trump. Putin, over the years, has killed, poisoned people that are dissidents that go against him. When the people of Ukraine rose up, he blames the Americans. Ukraine wanting to join NATO, he blames the West and the Americans. And I want to be very clear. Someone said, you know, how would we feel if Russia was suddenly really cozy with Canada? If you view the United States of America no different than Russia, you're certainly not a student of history. You don't know foreign affairs. And you also have a very low opinion of your own country. We, we are the good guys. I still believe that. I know some people have gone off the, the deep end here with this, but this is so this is all about Putin. He hates America. He doesn't like the West. He wants us to stand down. But this is really about he wants to take territory that he feels rightfully belongs to Russia. And he's willing to go to war to take it. And he's willing to kill whoever he has to kill thousands of people and innocent civilians in order to do it. This is war. I don't think people understand that. This isn't a skirmish. This isn't two jets fighting each other. This is if President Trump was in office. I don't know if he invades. He still wants the land through other means. I mean, that is not going away. A U.S. president is not standing in the way of how he wants to be viewed in history. You have to understand this is wildly important to him. He's going to be 70 in the fall. He's been in charge for 22 years. Think of that. He took over when he was 48 years old. He is feeling his mortality with COVID. He is thinking, how will I be remembered? This it's a U.S. president. You know, look at how many he, he had President Bush in the beginning when he first took over. Then he dealt with President Obama, and he sensed and felt that Obama was weak. He gained land when Obama was in office with Biden, taking Crimea and then Georgia. Continues to make strides, continues to be aggressive. If you feel a lot of the Russian propaganda out there that NATO somehow is aggressive, how are we aggressive? 
It doesn't fit. And if you're listening right now and you say this is all Hunter Biden, I, I don't understand. We saw last night President Biden. Does he seem like this mastermind, Dr. Evil, tactician? No. What you see is what you get. That that speech is pretty much that's who he is. That That is the best he can do. That was practiced, rested. That's the best you're going to get out of him. Hunter Biden, every time I see a picture, he's in his underwear with a crack pipe. And I say, so he's the mastermind behind what's going. I, I don't believe that. I've seen. No, I, I don't. You can't have it both ways. If there are people that feel that President Biden is this bumbling, fumbling, easily scatterbrained old man. Well, you can't say that. But then he's also this secret mastermind that he and his son are somehow manipulating with eastern europe it, it just folks it, it, like i said you, you can't have it both ways and what i saw last night it doesn't seem like anyone that's ready to be a mastermind of anything i think he wanted to finish that and then of course kept it short and then just go to bed so but this this begins and ends with putin this is so much more look at the like i said the presidents then he had obama for eight years bush for eight years trump for four years where he did get more aggressive and he was trying to fuel up and wanted to break up nato and there was some controversy in in ukraine and now all of a sudden he's got biden again he's like all right i'm i'm going in i have my agenda i have my timetable think of someone that announces i am leaving at and then fill in the blank at, at 10 o'clock we're leaving that's it if you're not in the car we are leaving i mean that's that's what this is he is moving ahead one way or the other it was either going to be through invasion or through some other means but he wants that land back period he takes things you saw that with the craft ring he kills people they're killing innocent civilians right now the ukrainian people are going to fight they're fighting to the death a lot of people don't want to mention putin a lot of people don't want to knock putin i'm not one of them he's a killer if you think that we're like that then you, you, you have a, a poor, poor impression of what our country is about. And as far as these warmongers, let's just be very clear about this. It was Russia that was putting their troops on the Ukrainian border. It is Russia surrounding Ukraine. Ukraine wants them to withdraw. Putin is saying, well, it's all those Nazis in Ukraine. And I've heard that somebody else sent that to me yesterday. Oh, see, this is he's fighting the Nazis in Ukraine. Um, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, yeah, he's Jewish. His great-grandfather uh, fought, and three of his brothers were killed in the Second World War. He, is, he has families who are Holocaust survivors. So for some of you history geniuses sending me things saying that Putin is fighting the Nazis, uh, Zelensky, <laughs> Zelensky's Jewish, and his family are Holocaust survivors, and there were a number of uh ukrainian jews that were killed uh by the nazis in in world war ii so that doesn't work um you know as i've said in the past you know i view this folks in some way and again we will be there next week i want to talk to people on the ground you can hear firsthand this is about him you can't discount that there's nothing i also want to be very clear there's nothing good about him the world would be a better place when he's gone um, and I don't think that's going to be anytime soon. He's been building towards this. This isn't this. This has been 20 years in the making. What you're seeing right now. This is nothing fly by night. They they have been preparing the military for it. 
He wants his land. He wants to take control of those countries. Does he wants to raise the Russian flag? Does he want to run the countries? I don't think so. As far as he wants to just install puppet regimes that will have the Russian flag. You have to study history. If Joe Biden died tomorrow, you know, the president, excuse me, and I, but I'm just trying to say that doesn't mean he withdraws. This is not a war against him, against Biden. I admit, listen, I'm the absolutely President Obama did nothing other than sanctions when he went into because they were they've been so afraid. Our country has been so afraid of engaging them in full on military battle. And because Ukraine is not a member of NATO, we cannot. If Ukraine had become a member of NATO, then you're a NATO nation. And then remember, the rule is uh, an attack on one is an attack on all. There's power in numbers. He doesn't want that. He hates the West. He hates democracy. I view this very uh, carefully for, uh, or just I want you to understand. It, I, I, and I, I talked about when I've interviewed people and I would ask them, OJ, guilty or innocent? If they say, oh, he was innocent, he was set up in my mind. There was nothing there was nothing more to talk about. If someone said O.J. Simpson, oh, innocent, th there's no sense in having a conversation with them because in my mind, their their view and perspective is so jaded. What's the point? It's a fool's errand to try to have a discussion with someone who it's the same thing with many of these people. Oh, no, 9-11 inside job. That was our country. No, I, I don't. I, I, I don't believe that. I've never believed that. Oh, Halliburton, Cheney and Halliburton. Yep, they did 9-11. No, I don't believe that. President Bush and Cheney sat in the Oval Office, mapped off. They were working with bin Laden, had the planes fly in. I don't believe that. You, if you believe that, you, you need your head examined. You're being fooled. I'll say that. So, no, this is not NATO aggression. In this business of the warmongers, we've been enjoying peace. He's the one. He's the one invading. One country is invading another one, and he's killing a lot of people. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about his own people. You don't have to take my word for it. He doesn't care about his own people. The, 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 the news is showing dead Russian soldiers by the side of the road. You know the old thing, right? American military, uh, Navy SEALs, Black Hawk down, leave no man behind. That's, he doesn't, uh, he, do, he doesn't care. He even hired his own uh, separate, and I talked about this, the Wagner Group. He hired mercenary soldiers of fortune. He didn't even trust his own military because they don't want to be killing ukrainians they 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 look like them a lot of the it's intertwined um i'm not trying to come up with an analogy because then people just like will you know, people will shoot it down but now they they are fighting they need support they need help i think last night that was a great show of support for the people of ukraine and i i also want to um i'm going to play some sound of biden and folks we're going to cover a lot of it but I, um, I did post on, and I can play some of the Biden clips. Listen, it, I, he was exactly what I would have expected last night. Let me go to some more sound. David Charlin, uh, Charlin, excuse me, I used to talk to him. The instant reaction was that Biden is losing support among all Americans, including uh, Democrats. Joe Biden take a slide in the polls. There's no doubt about it. He's not just taking a slide with the overall public. He's also taking a slide, and I think this reflects that, the instant reaction speech, with people who are even supportive of him or, or, or in his party. And I think, um, you know, that is what these numbers reflect, is that he obviously has been on the decline, 
There's nothing in this speech that suggests he turned that around entirely. I don't think that was the expectation. I don't think that's a realistic expectation for this speech. But clearly, that decline in popularity that we've seen, we're seeing it across the board. It is also amazing, as as you probably already know by now, um, former Governor Gina Raimondo, who is now Commerce Secretary, was actually designated survivor. She didn't go to the speech in case of last night of a nuclear warhead hit the Capitol. Believe it or not, Governor Raimondo would have been president. Think of this. On the night that that was happening, she was the designated survivor. And I think they just draw straws um, or however you do it. You know what I mean? Someone's just chosen. That in case if there was some attack and everyone, you know, so the president, vice president, speaker, everyone, all the cabinet, if that had happened last night, thank God it did not. Uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo would now be the new president of the United States. A year ago, last night, as she was the designated survivor, a year ago last night, she was the governor. Governor McKee took over um, one year ago today. It's his one year anniversary. I'll say this about. Governor McKee, if he he is if if he follows the the path of President Biden, he he's not he's not going to make it past the September primary. I just want to go to Chuck Todd. We all expected more about Russia. Here we go. I think we were all waiting for it to be tied exactly, and then I think we we're all waiting for this to frankly be a Ukraine sandwich, and then it didn't land there a little bit. I mean, you know, I, it, and so again, I just. I think we're all saying the same thing. We, I think we all expected a little bit more. I think we're all fearing that the next week is going to be just horrifying. Just horrifying as we see a cornered Vladimir Putin. I think you know, he had, um, he had, they had their speech written. And I'll go along with everyone. You know, he just read it. They had the speech written for him. And all they did was add in a little bit about Ukraine in the beginning. And then... I, to to actually go back and try to get the build back better is is just ludicrous. So uh, am I shocked at last night? No. Did he perform the way I thought he was going to perform? He did actually, which is uh, stumbling and weak. All right, a lot ahead on this Wednesday, on this Ash Wednesday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus folks you're listing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now, she is an independent columnist, opinion maker. It is one of my siblings. It is Donna Perry. Uh, and DJ, I, I did break the news um, on on Monday that uh, we're going to take this show on the road. We're going mobile. We will, uh, a week from now, 
and we'll have to figure out how we'll do the segment, but we will be over at the Ukraine border, uh, giving on the site reporting of it. This is the story. We go to where the story is. And so um, I look forward to hopefully sharing perspective with you while we're, we're over in Ukraine. And I want to start off and get your thoughts on what has just yes. been um, one of those weeks, an explosive week. It was the buildup. Wednesday night kicked into action. Uh, so much has happened. And all of the eyes of the world have suddenly fallen onto Russia and Ukraine. Yes, and may I just say, JD, I am very excited and excited for our, the audience for uh, yes. J, JD yeah. War Correspondent. It, uh, <laughs> Thank it's you. Absolutely, um, it will be great. It will be great, and be careful. Um, oh. And to say uh, where we are right now, um, which is it's just a very complicated series of events, JD. And I would just say what's been hanging over all of this that I think is becoming more obvious is, you know, whether if Putin envisioned this was just, oh, I'm going into Ukraine and because I think I have territory claims, it's really turned into like Putin against NATO, yes. Putin against the West, Western Europe, and that certainly implies the U.S. Um, so it's, as you say, it's just a much bigger story, not that it wouldn't have been number one, um, and I think it's it's just a remarkable turn of events. Um, it has certainly gone. It went from like one to 100, it seemed like in 24 hours. Um, and I think there's a where we are right now is just showing, like I say, it's very fluid. I think um, it has been remarkable for a number of reasons. First of all, J.D., just the pushback to Putin uh, and Russia, which is like worldwide global pushback yep. you're seeing the leaders of these major european countries when you see france germany which has not really sent weapons to help a no. war effort since we know when you know um otherwise sweden you know uh, yeah and well, otherwise neutral switzerland even getting in on yes, the act at least right. financial poland is really at the center of the action right on that border um, and the worldwide protests going on. I mean, it is an amazing pushback. So number one, it, it just shows us, as and I think you've referred to this, it's not 1939. And a lot of it is because of the phones and because of social media. The yeah. world sees it going on in real time. So whether Putin wasn't really counting on that, and then there's been a lot made that his initial military push was kind of not what maybe he expected. Um, and I just think not only the embrace of the Ukraine under siege around the world, but the rise of Zelensky uh, mm. and, and to this kind of superstar wartime president level. I mean, it, it's, it's all very extraordinary, but JD, it's all very fluid, can be very dangerous. Yep. I think um, the way this is going to play out is this is like only the first stage and I don't think Putin undertakes this without having a lot of, you know, uh, plans up his sleeve. So, you know, it's just, it is a very precarious moment. And I also think, um, I think the way the U.S. under Biden is managing it has been also curious in that I think in the beginning they looked so reserved. Yes. Um, and and I, a lot of people have made a lot of that. And also I think once the NATO countries like I say, Germany and, and France stepping up, it's almost like I think Biden has felt a little pressure to kind of show, you know, they felt a little showed up by the NATO, you know, countries. So and they should. Yeah, they should. And let's yeah. talk about Zelensky, Donna Perry, simply because, I mean, this 
comedian turned as someone said to me it'd be like a bill maher suddenly was the president comedian turned right. president um you know you'd heard about him the whole thing with giuliani over there but but what would i just find also you know so many people were learning about him and in, in look in our country i mean biden is obviously an older man and, and president trump is 75 and putin is 69 Suddenly, there is this, you know, 40, 40, early 40. Yeah, young. He's very dynamic and, you know, he's charismatic. And there he is on the street saying, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Right. And it just talk about a line of I, I just I don't think we we haven't seen anyone like that, whether it was, you know, you're going to go back to me like a JFK or just like Churchill's moment. But talk about someone that just really rose, met the moment using social media, using the phone, putting his video out there. I mean, what an incredible turn of events. Absolutely. And as you say, John, I think uh, that quote, which really I think had to a little bit get under the skin of the U.S. under the, And it yeah. really was our military in the first early days. If you think about it, that was, I don't want to say that was kind of the coward's way out, but they were yeah. almost saying, oh, we can just like get you out of the city. You're yeah, the president. No way. And he was like, I am standing my ground. I am not going anywhere. Like, this is my country. This is our homeland. And that quote, I need ammunition, not a ride. Mm. I think that that was his putting his stake in the ground. And it, you know, JD, it's almost like in the course of events when you, it, you, you almost would need a guy like that. It was almost like, it's so authentic because he's kind of like an ordinary man yes. finding himself in yep. an extraordinary moment. And it's on mm. the global stage, you know, and it's almost like maybe a more polished years of practice type of politician would not have almost like this is a gut instinct by yeah. him. Like, you know, That's like right. and, and almost point. like just an authentic guy, like an ordinary man is just saying, no, I'm not, I'm, we're not dropping our arms. We're no. not having and I'm this. I'm not escaping out of here. Right. I'm, you know, like the captain ready to go down with the ship. Folks, again, we're speaking yep. with Donna Perry. And, you know, DJ, it, it, I also want to hit it to our military, especially military intelligence, because it, it certainly seems as though they were always like one step ahead of telegraphy very clearly yes. what was happening. And, you know, obviously the French president didn't understand there were going to be no negotiations. There was going to be no summit. Right. Um, our military determined that, you know, no, he's moving forward. Everything says he's moving forward. We see their supply lines. We see the, you know, the tents of medical personnel. They're transferring blood up to the, the border. They're going to wait till after the Olympics. Um, I think it was also, and I don't know how much it's it's been reported enough, but China was meddling and trying to find out from us of where are you getting this intelligence? And and seemingly it was almost as like a double agent because they wanted to, you know, then yeah, feed it back fed, to, feed it back to him. how we were getting this intelligence. I mean, when is the last time something was done so underhanded on such a high stakes world level? Absolutely. And I, I do think. As you say, I think there's so many dimensions to this story. You know, China's role, China yep. behind the scenes. A lot yes. of this is not known yet. Like, you know, what kind of a role were they playing? As you say, double agent. Yeah. Um, although I think Putin will find that they're, they are a double agent. So what does yes. that mean? 
Right. In the end, uh, President Xi, when, when people are starting to throw around things like we'll charge you with war crimes, you know, she's going to hold his distance and say, oh, well, you, know, you did this, not me. You know what I mean? Like, I think yes. you'll find that the Chinese leadership can be like double and triple, you know, um, going around you. But I do think, as you say, U.S. intel, they saw it coming up to a point, yeah. And I think I don't criticize Biden's team in this way. Um, I think they're very wary of if we have a full on irrational Putin. And I I don't think you can underestimate that there is, you know, this very frightening other piece of the story. And that is a country that has the nuclear weapons that they have and the level of what they have. Um, That's right. We all know that was the whole point of us versus them in the Cold War. Um, although, you know, there are indications of in these recent decades, I don't think they've had the money that they used to have and they've kind of gotten choked off. So whether they have that arsenal to the degree that, you know, we might've originally thought that's a different story. But I think that these are all the things that make, I think Biden's job right now, John, very precarious. It's very tricky walk. They are worrying that it, has he just gone way off the rails, um, you know, or or is there another goal here that has not yet been disclosed and or how could it come to any resolution? Right. Um, but when the, when there's the nuclear uh, weapons issue, which I think he is kind of flagging that out, Putin is um, to kind of keep getting the West attention. And then, you know, whether he feels that's his, you know, that's one of his arsenals to get some kind of concession that's unclear right now. It's a very difficult time for the Biden White House because I, I do is. think that, you know, they clearly have stuck to the idea that the financial choking off of Russia, which is obviously what they're doing. Um, I think, you know, the ruble tumbled, I think, in recent day or so. We're seeing, you know, a massive pullback of foreign investment. I, I don't think that doesn't start to hurt the Russian people and, and right. how Putin reacts. So, and he's got huge protests in his own country, yes. um, a huge pushback. Yes. And I think that's a, another big part of the story, like how he's going to handle it in his own country. So, Folks, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. A lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system, call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 401- 732-6562. 24 emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago. Our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website 
is recooganheating.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, it seems like a long time ago, just based on the news <laughs> of the week. But I'd like to start off. <clears throat> you had very interesting posting on folks, anchorising.com. Last, last Monday night. Group of communists gathered <laughs> off Camp Street in Providence. Now, I had heard they would be in a, you know, they could say they were just reading communist manifesto and so forth. But, you know, I had actually heard they were there to gather almost like the celebration of the beginning of the, the uh, Russian invasion. And as they are there and reading and they're live streaming, a group of so-called, this group called 131, uh, they're described as a neo-Nazi group. They show up, they're banging on the window. They're shouting at them. The communists are shouting back at the group outside. Uh, they had, they did, they did do the ZKL, the Heil Hitler salute, Hail Hitler salute. They also did have, it was kind of an odd version of one, but kind of a Nazi flag, but they had their own ensemble. Well, my goodness. I mean, all hell broke loose. Uh, there was no window broken. No one hurt, stabbed, shot, no building damage. But the aftermath of these two groups, and before I, listen to your take and we'll discuss it. I do want to point out that these two, this was not highlighted enough, but these two groups knew each other. The name of this, um, quote, community library, the Red Ink, they'd kind of gone back and forth with this group on social media in, in the the members of the group that were had the masks on were yelling at the communists inside. They were saying like, oh, you want to say death to a Nazi? Or it, it almost seemed like they were expecting to show up. I, I don't know exactly. But, um, you know, it then resulted in a press conference and all these different leaders weighed in. And so I'd, I'd like to start off if you could just talk about the posting that you put up about this. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of got a sense this was coming because very early I started to see posts from some of the fringe kind of progressive journalists in Rhode Island. Yep. And they were talking about how, oh, how's the Providence Journal hasn't responded to this yet. And it was just as it seemed like nothing had happened. And so it. it you could feel it building up as one journalist yeah. after another thought they had to take it. And it's just, it was all just so pathetic. It was like these two groups, they, it's like they're pretending they're back a century ago in Europe, yes. you know, the communists versus the socialists. Yep. And now the whole idea of it, um, I found, I did find a video from you the did. Nazi view. Yes. And that was, that was, so you could see through the window. And before then you had to kind of guess, you know, because they were talking about how big the crowd was and how they're so much, they were so outnumbered. So it was actually about four to six socialists and maybe 10 to 12 of the, the white supremacists out in the, in the street. And it was just, it was so sad. It was so quick. It was noisy. And they left and immediately, it was under two yeah, minutes. Yes. yeah, immediately the socialists were on social media, you know, fun, trying to fundraise, come to our events. And it's just so, so phony. And then you, you see it building up and a journalist start to pick it up. And then you get to where every politician in the state feels like they have to comment on this. Now they don't, they don't comment when you know, female college students are, are right. put in the hospital by, yeah. by gangs that are probably almost as big as the Nazi gang. Yeah. Um, and, but that, but this, this is a threat to everything. So the whole thing just feels so 
contrived and, and phony and um, it kind of almost laughable. It's like, it's like, a, you know, if I were young, I'd want to go find these people and, and intervene with my friends and you know, break them up and, and have fun with it. But, but it's just, it becomes this big issue. And you've got the Black Lives Matter of, of Rhode Island, the PAC, that's talking about how this is, they're the greatest threat facing greatest Rhode Island. Greatest threat in Rhode Our Island. Holy I mean, I, I found, I, the only reason I found the video was I was, I was trying to find the group. Like, are they actually organized? What is this? Is this just some, some guys who do this pranking thing every now and then where they go out with a couple of flag? And, um, but uh, one thing that really strikes me, though, is the, the confusion on the left, especially with the identity politics and the Black Lives Matter. Uh, you had posted a, an image of this group when they were outside the Black Lives, the I don't think it was the PAC, the actual Black no, Lives Matter. the actual there. one in Pawtucket, yes, back yeah, in and, November. So, and that flag, if you look at it closely, it says across the top, anti-communist, and on the bottom, anti-capitalist, and which which really kind of struck me as funny because, uh, you know, you, you we keep hearing that white supremacy, capitalism is white supremacy, right? So uh, you, there's there's just no coherence to the, the messaging on that at all. So here we are with, you know, the actual white supremacists are anti-capitalist, which which is pretty funny. I, so the whole thing is just a joke. What, what strikes me is the that the politicians and the media really want people to take it seriously, which which is oh, feels kind of like a propaganda thing that they're, they're trying does. to I'm so glad you found the video. And folks, again, if you go to anchorising.com, Justin found it. Uh, I noticed the rest of the media, for whatever reason, then they they had no interest in seeing through different elements of the story that these groups kind of knew each other. But I, I actually looked at it, and the, the video was helpful because from beginning to end, they, they were simply there to interrupt the reading. That's what it was. And they even state that. And other than in the beginning banging on the window to get their attention because their backs were turned. Uh, and then there was a little bit of shoving, but like I said, there was there were no windows broken. There was there was no one obviously shot and stabbed. They they could have gone into the building, and I'm glad your video showed that. If they wanted to, uh, they definitely you know the guy that came to the door then fell backwards because he was pushing with them. They easily could have entered because the next day and the day after Justin Kent, there was so much of they they were surrounding the building. They could have burned the building down. They could have you know, killed everyone inside there. They could have gone to a synagogue. And, and the fact that also really stood out, and again, folks, we're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchor rising to our kind of segment is politics this week. Justin, is that there's no pushback. I mean, that Harrison Tuttle saying in the news, this is the greatest threat to Rhode Island is the white supremacy and the neo-Nazis. It, 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 as I had also put out on social media, literally a half mile from that spot, Maya Brophy Bayerman, August 1st, 24 years old from work, was shot and killed, a murder, still an unsolved murder. And Governor McKee put out information. If you have anything on this white supremacist communist, you know, fight back and forth, contact the police. The lieutenant governor did the same thing. Justin Katz, number one, what exactly was the crime other than the yelling back and forth? And he's never used the bully pulpit in the governor. And he, nor has Sabina Matos, who was the former Providence City Council president, lieutenant governor. They've never used it. The crimes in Providence, and I would absolutely argue that the real threat in Providence is obviously the gang violence, the murders that have taken place, not two extreme fringe groups basically yelling at each other through glass. Yeah, well, and not even, I mean, if you say extreme fringe groups, it almost sounds like they're dangerous. I mean, they're just, they're just a, 
bunch of punk kids, basically, so and some retreads. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, but definitely the gangs are the, the major threat. And, that you know, one thing that bugs me is you never hear, you would think there were, there used to be groups like, I, I don't know, I think it was called the ACLU and stuff that, that defended civil liberties. And when you've got every politician in the state, the governor, the, the lieutenant governor, mayors saying, we need to get information and investigate these people for what? Mm. For I mean, they're they're gross, but it's the First Amendment. I mean, right. they're allowed to speak. I mean, there's no. It's just it's incredible, and 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 honestly, you wouldn't even know there might have been some shoving, except for the Nazi video, which makes me wonder if it was like maybe the socialist was trying to back up and tripped or something, and they were just trying to make it seem like they were violent and pushed him or something, because nobody made any made any noise about that happening. But the but the the idea that we ought to be investigating this one, as you say, there there are murders going on. Oh there, my God. College kids being assaulted constantly over by Providence College. This, these are, these are the things, and I I don't know why people, where people are in Rhode Island, or even in the media, you know, who pay attention or are paid to pay attention, where they are with, you know, calling them out and saying, well, first of all, what about the First Amendment, and second of all, what about the actual violence? doing about that put aside right. put aside the guys in the costumes with their with their you know 131 or whatever face masks on like cowards showing their face you know put them aside let's talk about the actual violence that's putting people in a, in a morgue and in a hospital and that that's just not on their that's not on their agenda there's no social media tears cried for that at all and and um a lot of the the local reporting it, it's basically come down to those types of Groups like the, the the Black Lives Matter pack, they, there's really no just in reporting. It's basically just hand the microphone, put the microphone in front of them, and then let them say whatever they want. There's no element of pushback because I I had even mentioned if we're to take this group at face value, even though I agree, they just like a bunch of yeah. I I wasn't lost on me also. It was the first night of school vacation, by the way, and maybe they could be out late. Uh, someone in that area told me they they it was actually Massachusetts plates they drove away. So it sounds like they've been came in from mass weren't even Rhode Island people but on the group that is described as being anti-semitic which would certainly make sense with the uh you know the Zeke Hale and the, and the Nazi flag even though there seems to be these swastikas and so forth popping up all over the place whether it be the cemetery or different places like that but I I covered back in the fall the um the group the Rhode Island Coalition for Israel they had a protest against Black Lives Matter because they maintain that they're anti-Semitic. And so, you know, the, the fact is for, for him to be, and the, the news gave him plenty of play um, in spouting that off and in the window of this red ink is a Black Lives Matter sign. But th- th- that group is actually accused of being anti-Semitic. And yet it, it doesn't, I don't think it even comes into the reporter's mind that that type of question should be asked. Oh, no, not at all. Because everybody, you know, you, you kind of have to conclude that everybody knows it's all just a show and all just yeah. a game. Um, and well, everybody in the media, which makes you wonder why they're trying to make people scared as if they're gangs of Nazis roaming the street, right. beating people up. And it's it's just not the case. And I don't know why, why the fear mongering. I, I mean, I, I wonder if I kind of hope people are tuning them out at this point, but um, it's just so, I mean, it's as if they have no, nothing else to go after. Uh, And, but, and and then you start to think maybe it's a, maybe it's something of a trap. I know Blake Filippi, the house minority leader, he kind of, he kind of got, 
tangled up in it a little bit, talking about how nobody talks about the evils of communism, um, but which was a you know in, in the right spirit of the whole jokey thing, I think. But uh, I, it's almost like that's what they're doing is they're setting these traps where they they then can turn around to any actual Republicans or conservatives in the state, try to trip them up with agreeing with with Nazis. I know one guy asked me, do you do you do uh, disavow Putin. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's, I mean, he's a socialist. First the whole, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's like a big political, a dishonest political game. And I, I hope they know, I hope they have a, they, they feel like they're not actually getting people scared. Cause that would be just wrong. If they, if they knew they were riling people up and scaring, scaring them over, over nothing. A quick break, a lot more. Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DeVito Show. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401-688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Into Brood Awakenings and discover the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings. They're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment. Great comfortable chairs, delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com depetro.com of the john depetro show brought to you by realtor pat elston call pat today 401-474-5253 there's a link right directly to her on the website depetro.com Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Marie at It's My Health, because it's your health. But It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's 
My Health, and inside, pop in, you'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break Log on at the website. That's also the best way to reach me, by the way. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see a, a button that says Contact John. You can also support the program. You you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at DePetro.com. And it's all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, so you can watch Facebook Live, or also Twitter, or YouTube, or Instagram. So take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's dipetro.com. To check out our website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards. The Senadale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Today's Thursday. It is March 3rd. Folks, again, just another reminder, you're going to hear me quite a bit, but on uh, starting on Monday, you're going to hear this show. We will be on the road, well, more than on the road, uh, international. We will be at the Ukraine border. So that is the plan. Uh, going to be there until, until there's no reason to be there anymore, but it sounds like this is going to go on for quite some time. We're going to have a lot more on the latest over there as the world continues to unite against Putin, who is evil, they are absolutely killing all these innocent people with their war against Ukraine. We're going to have a lot more on that coming up. But folks, I want to start off, I want to give credit to Channel 10. Um, This story is so disturbing. I don't remember the last time. It's not often that a local story actually makes me angry. But this makes me angry. Now, and it has to do with Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. He took over from Governor Raimondo. He wasn't elected. He's fulfilling her term. And what he has done, um, let's go back to Governor Raimondo. For quite some time, they were trying to get a new contract with the Providence teachers. And again, to give him credit, Providence Mayor Jorge Elodia, they took the Providence schools away, right, from Providence, gave them the state takeover, and they were trying to get a transformational contract. Huge opposition against the union. Anything you want to do, no, no, no. Anything you want to change with them, you got to pay, blah, blah, blah. So this is, as you may not remember, but it was dragging on quite some time. This is all in the aftermath. 2019, John Hopkins report came out. 
And it just confirmed Providence schools are some of the worst public schools uh, in the entire country. The, the numbers are just staggering. And what a lot of people you may or may not understand is it, it's really a direct result. I don't care what anyone says, but the charter schools, uh, excuse me, but because of the, the, the teachers union, the teachers unions that have such a stranglehold on the contract, Providence teachers, they work, they work four hours a day. They're in the school six hours a day. But they get an hour for lunch. They get an hour free period. They're actually teaching four hours a day. However, anything else on top of that, you want to start the day earlier. You want them to stay after school to talk to students. You want to extend the school day. You want to have teacher parent conference, anything like that. You got to pay. You got to pay. They don't give anything. The teachers union has a stranglehold on the schools and on public education. And it's a good example how... Um, you know, people talk about very recently, you know, Attorney General Peter Nerona, he rejected this big health care merger saying because there'd be lack of competition. The public school experiment has failed by and large. There are some. Listen, when you have good students, good family households, uh, you're going to have good students regardless where they go. But by and large, it is a failed system because of the lack of competition in Rhode Island. If they were serious about improving education, there would be school choice. There'd be other options. But instead, they are slaves to the very powerful teachers unions. So there's no change. Now, Governor McKee comes in and says, yeah, no problem. I don't want any opposition from them. I don't want them going to another candidate in the primary for governor. So fine. Uh, you have a new contract. And on top of that, if you sign it, I'll give every Providence teacher a $3,000 bonus. And I, I think there's like 2,000 of them. $3,000 bonus, okay, sets a very dangerous precedent because then every other union wants the $3,000 bonus that Governor McKee is giving away. Suddenly, he's uh, throwing around money, right, like a drunken sailor. Now enter, we learned in December, Governor McKee was then going to give state workers, union workers, a $3,000 bonus as an incentive to get the vaccine. Then he backpedaled on it and said, actually, they can get it and they don't even have to get the vaccine. I just like to give people money. I like to make people happy. What it really comes down to is $1,500 of the 3000 would land in July. Early voting for the Democrat primary for governor begins in August. So McKee is throwing money around. I, I think it's bribes. He's bribing people for their votes or at least attempting to get their vote. And, you know, as much as people can say, do you really think you could buy someone's vote for that amount of money? Hey, if I'm one of those people and maybe I'm undecided, maybe I'm going to vote in the primary. And and this this are people who would, you know, they they're going to vote in a Democrat primary. and They say, I don't know. I'm I'm uncommitted. Maybe I'll vote for Governor McKee. Maybe I'll vote for Secretary of State Nellie Gobea. Maybe I'll vote for wildly socialist, progressive Matt Brown. Suddenly, McKee steps up to the table and says, hey, I'll give you three grand if you vote for me. So then he pivoted and said, well, they have retention bonuses. We're going to give them out to other state workers. Their retention bonuses. Oh, yeah, you know, trouble, tough, tough getting people into the workforce. Folks, total lie, complete fabrication. What? People line up to get a state job. People leave private sector jobs to get a state job. So now we're starting to learn just how many people and not is he only using COVID money. He's using money out of our budget. And I want you to understand that he's taking your taxpayer money and he's giving it 
to people. Now, Governor McKee said, well, you know, we need it for the worker attention. I want to credit this new reporter from Channel 12, and she has the list of some of the people that are going to get this these this $3,000. Listen to this. Superior Court justices got the retention bonuses, making us wonder if the judges are appointed for life, why do they need $3,000 to be retained? This is a list of all 579 non-union state employees who will be getting Governor McKee's $3,000 retention bonus. It includes 274 court employees, 31 of whom are judges with lifetime appointments and magistrates guaranteed employment for 10 years. I talked to Assistant State Court Administrator Craig Berkey. So if they're lifetime appointment, why would they need a retention bonus? Well, that's a good question. Berkey says it comes down to fairness. Unionized court employees got a similar bonus late last year. As NBC10 reported last week, the program was expanded to non-union <laughs> court employees last month. That list includes Chief Justice Paul Sattel, huh. who makes $250,000 oh annually and was part of the committee, which decided to extend the bonus to everyone. He also granted himself a bonus? The decision was made to give bonuses to all non-union employees um, that would include the chief justice john marion of a government watchdog group common cause has some of his own questions we want our government to be truthful about what they're doing with our taxpayer money and in this case it feels like by by calling it a retention bonus they're trying to sort of deflect some of the criticism that would come if they just called it a bonus court spokesman Berkey says the bonus money which amounts to more than eight hundred thousand dollars comes from the judicial branch's own budget and that budget comes from you if you are a rhode island taxpayer i would have to i would have to consult the state court administrator and the chief justice state worker salaries are public record every single judge that i checked it makes more than one hundred thousand dollars per year live in the studio joanna boris nbc 10 news i'm gonna say this that, that is completely disgraceful. This is Governor McKee. They are throwing our, our money around, your money around, our money around. Judge Sattel, who gets 250000 a year, he needs a $3,000 retention bonus. You know what? Governor McKee will just pivot and come up with a new name. Folks, I've seen all I need to see. Governor McKee took over from Gina Raimondo. And say what you want about Governor Raimondo. Number one, she was elected twice. He was not elected. He's just fulfilling a term. Um, I've seen all I need to see. I've never seen such an I know a guy type of governor. We haven't had an, we haven't had this type of complete um, abuse of power. I know a guy uh, type of I'll use the word corruption. We, we, we have not seen this since Ed Dupree. You certainly, uh, you know, some people are saying, oh, McKee could be the next Garrett, Joe Garrity. No, he's he's Ed Dupreet. Uh, you know, there was nothing obviously like this under a Bruce Sundland who's dealing with the credit union crisis. Lincoln Allman, you know, he didn't do a lot, but he certainly didn't do anything like this. Governor Kachiri was trying to get the state workforce in line. was constantly attacked. Chafee, not even Chafee did that, and Raimondo certainly wouldn't have. Governor McKee because of this huge influx of money that he just feels that he can just throw around and he comes up with a term and uh that he tries to justify it and then if he gets pushed back then he just searches and finds another term so people have to really decide is this really who you feel is this the best the state can do
for the next four years. You know, I'll give credit to Secretary of State Nellie Gobea. She was asked, and she said, no, we don't have a budget to give out bonuses. He, he is just totally abusing the office of governor, all to try to buy votes to get himself elected. And I, I'm telling you, I've seen all I need to see. All right, a lot more ahead. Latest, obviously, in Ukraine. You're listening to The John DePietro Show.